Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast, where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today, we are here to talk about the king of D&D monsters, the Tarrasque. And yes, obviously I'm ripping off Godzilla with that title of introduction, but the Tarrasque is very much likened to the Godzilla of Dungeons & Dragons. And that is very much an apt comparison. It is an enormous monstrosity that is able to just terrorize a D&D world that does have such a creature. So just for funsies and also partially for my own amusement's sake, uh, Nathan, I did actually in the Discord send you a picture of the Tarrasque. So ignore the second picture that we'll talk about a little later on. I want you to just look at the picture and I want you to describe this thing to me in the audience. Okay, it looks like a like somebody took a um, dinosaur, right? Slapped a hard shell on its back, made it freaking huge and spiny, and it's smiling. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I hadn't actually thought about that, actually. But yeah, you're right. The way its jaw is shaped, it does kind of look like it is perpetually smiling. <laughs> it is very happy you know, to like be how, the destroyer it is. Like, like how sharks, they, they always seem like they're frowning. This guy is the opposite. He's just like, hey, <laughs> hey what's up, guys? And it's like, ah! Everyone starts running away. But yeah, this thing is enormous. And you say huge, but in the D&D terminology, this is a gargantuan creature. In the monster manual, it actually does specify it is 50 feet tall and 70 feet long, weighing hundreds of tons. And this thing is, at least in my admittedly biased opinion, just neat. It is one of the largest, most powerful creatures in the game. One of only two monsters that is a CR 30. The only other one being freaking Tiamat. So this thing is a monster by every definition of that word. But how you might want to use it in your own world is an interesting topic of debate, actually, because the Tarrasque is one of those creatures that sparks an enormous amount of debate in the D&D community for kind of interesting reasons, actually. It is argued by many, many people, both that it is way too powerful to exist in a D&D world, and it is also argued that it's way too fucking weak to work in a D&D world. And once we do go through the abilities, I'm curious to get your take, Nathan, on where you think it stands with the abilities and powers that it does have available to it. So uh, let's go ahead and go through its character sheet now. And then afterwards, we will talk a lot more about the usage of the creature itself once we know what it is able to do. So Tarrasque, gargantuan monstrosity, unaligned. So the fact that it is unaligned is just a minor, minor detail. But I personally do find that to be rather interesting because this is not just like a creature that is evil. It is just a beast. Like it is not really a sentient monster trying to perpetuate evil. It just is like it's almost kind of like Galactus in that like it is this enormous threat, but it's kind of just trying to eat. So it's hard to really be angry about it. Terrified, sure. 
but I find it hard to actually be angry at the Tarrasque for like the destruction that it wreaks. Anyway, it has a natural AC of 25. So even though it does not actually wear armor, just its carapace, its hide, 25 AC. And its hit points, 676. Speed, 40 feet. That's one of the little details, actually, that kind of pisses me off. Like, D&D works, I would say, too hard to make it so that everything is, you know, potentially outrunnable. Like, if you have a horse that you can usually just run away from things, and that even giant creatures just don't move their legs at the same speed, so they're, like, slow and lumbering, that's something that kind of pisses me off. I don't like that detail for a lot of these kind of I, I enormous think it's creatures kind of kind of funny because like instead of imagining it lumbering what i'm imagining is like it has really tiny feet and it's like pattering I mean, its way to its deep foot i mean looking at the picture of this thing like its foot is probably like 10 feet wide like you could fit most of a jurassic park t-rex in its foot this thing is enormous clawed three-toed feet actually a lot like a tyrannosaurus's Anyway, uh, speed. Okay, ability scores. Strength, 30. Quite literally the maximum that 5th edition D&D allows. 30 strength. 11 dexterity. Fair enough, hard to be nimble when you're that big. Constitution, also 30. Intelligence, 3. So like I said, this is quite literally a bestial intelligence. Like it is not like a sentient evil type creature. Wisdom 11, Charisma 11. So it does also have proficiency with saving throws in intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. So no, it's kind of odd, actually, that it's only the mental ability scores, none of the physical. Like, you'd think something like that would be proficient in strength saving throws, but not so much, apparently. That's another thing that I would tweak, but again, we'll get into task editing a little more later on. Now, damage immunities. Just very important thing to note here. It has no damage resistances. It only has a handful of immunities. Fire, poison, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. So if you have like a thousand archers, if there's no magic, then that is completely useless against this creature. So the D&D action economy just is, this is one of the very, very few creatures that is designed to not be able to really be taken out easily by an army. You need adventurers with magic items or just like trained in a particular way, like a monk that just counts as a magical attack in order to do any harm to such a creature. I'm sorry, I did interrupt you. What were you going to say? I I think it would be um, quite funny to have like a PC character who is like lower level, who, who thinks that they can take on the Tarrasque, run up to it and it's like Rosa Crit is like, I got through its armor class. Now I shall deal critical damage. It's immune to your attack. Like, oh. <laughs> mm, I think we'll talk be funny. a little bit more about that in a moment, too. There's, there's more. Anyway, so also just the flat-out immunity to fire damage is also of interest because fire is by far the most common damage type to use. So fire ball doesn't matter, fire bolt doesn't matter. 
the many, many, many spells, like, you know, even the higher level stuff like Meteor Swarm, like, yeah, you'd still do the bludgeoning damage, but you'd flat out just not be able to do the fire damage half. So that's damage immunities are really kind of underappreciated in how rare and dangerous they are. Anyway, besides the damage immunities, it also has condition immunities. It flat out cannot be charmed, frightened, paralyzed, or poisoned, which makes sense considering that how terrible its intelligence stat is. And honestly, any of its mental ability scores aren't really great. So that's kind of just there so no one can just mind control the Tarrasque because that would be problematic. Senses, blind sight, 120 feet. So that is an interesting one. So we did talk a bit, talk about blind sight back in our uh, senses episode. But the fact that this is able to just know that, you know, there's invisible creatures trying to sneak up around him within 120 feet just is that little bit more extra danger. Uh, actually, uh, one just more little detail. I did mention that it was a uh, challenge rating of 30. So if a party manages to take down the Tarrasque, that is a 155,000 experience. So that would be nice. Actually, sorry, quick tangent. Uh, hopefully you can edit out just this time while I'm searching for it. But I'm curious, how much is that in levels like if someone who's level one somehow manages to take out the tarasque how much would that be all right let's see so one hundred and fifty-five thousand experience so if someone who is level one somehow managed to kill the tarasque on their own they would immediately go from level one to level 14 <laughs> so that would be neat so also just the internet being the internet there are absolutely builds posted online of like how could i you know solo the tarasque and it is doable like there are level one builds that are capable of fighting the tarasque if you just have the perfect matchup but anyway uh moving on though Legendary resistance. So this is the same trait that a lot of legendary monsters have just three times a day. If the Tarrasque fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead. So just automatically it can just no sell three times a day, which is a very smart thing that fifth edition has on a lot of the legendary creatures, even though it's incredibly annoying from the player's point of view, because there are a lot of spells that are basically save or die. So by having three a day of this legendary resistance, if someone does try to just like polymorph the Tarrasque into, I don't know, a sheep, then if it can fail the saving throw, it does have these three chances at least to just say, I don't want to be a sheep or I don't want to get banished to another plane or I don't want to, I don't know, whatever other save or die spells that someone in the party might have access to. But another thing that does help out with such things, magic resistance. The Tarrasque has advantage on all saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Nifty. So now we get to the trait that is just another, come on, seriously, of just really, really, really dangerous to be on a monster that makes it just that much more of a bitch to fight against reflective carapace anytime the tarasque is targeted by magic missile line spell or a spell that requires a ranged attack roll roll a d6 
On a 1 to 5, the Tarask is unaffected. On a 6, the Tarask is unaffected, and the effect is reflected back at the caster as though it originated from the Tarask, turning the caster into the target. So if someone uses Magic Missile, which you'd think would be a smart way to fight such a creature, then you just automatically just reflect it back at the caster if you roll that 6. That is horrifically dangerous. But it actually is even worse, because the way that that is phrased is very particular. On a 1 to 5, the Tarask is unaffected. On a 6, unaffected and reflected, which still means the Tarask is immune to the magic missile spell. All line spells, or a spell that requires a ranged attack roll. So that would mean something like Lightning Bolt would be immune. Also, Eldritch Blast which is the most versatile attack cantrip in the game with the longest range, which is one thing that you would think would be a smart way to take on the Tarask, just flat out is noped by this ability. So because Eldritch Blast is a spell that requires a ranged attack roll, not only does it not harm the Tarask at all, but there is also the chance of it getting reflected back. So that is an unfortunately somewhat complicated phrasing to the ability, but horribly, horribly dangerous. All right, and now the last of its traits, Siege Monster. The Tarask deals double damage to objects and structures. So this is just flat out there to let it pull the Godzilla just shredding through a town ability. So even if there is, you know, strong wood or stone buildings, the Tarask will wreck anything it tries to go through. So now we move on to its actual actions. So first off, as expected of a creature of its magnitude, it has multi-attack. So the actual way it, it does this is somewhat similar to a dragon, in that it has the ability Frightful Presence, and then it uses a couple of melee abilities after the fact. So Frightful Presence, each creature of the Tarask choice within 120 feet and aware of it must make a DC 17 wisdom save, or become frightened for one minute, and it can repeat it at the end of each turn with disadvantage if the Tarask is within line of sight, only ending on success. And then once they save, they're immune for 24 hours. So again, the frightened condition means disadvantage on all ability checks and attack rolls, while the source of fear is within line of sight, and they can't willingly move closer to the source of its fear. So this is another ability that if the Tarask is in motion and then has that ability used and then has, a, you know, one or two members of the party fail that saving throw, then they're unable to continue the chase. So if that has, you know, because it's a wisdom save, let's say a fighter or a rogue might not roll as well and get stuck, then if they don't have a weapon with a range able to keep up with the Tarasks moving, then they're just shit out of luck. And that is, Frightened is one of those kind of underappreciated abilities. It is quite powerful in the right circumstances. But anyway, so it's multi-attack though. It uses the Frightful Presence and then makes five attacks. One with its bite, two with its claws, one with its horns, and one with its tail. Although it also does have a swallow ability that it could use instead of its bite. So uh, going with the order that it lists them in the multi-attack, bite plus 19 to hit with a 10-foot reach, although targeting one creature. 
4d12 plus 10 piercing damage. If the target is a creature, it is grappled automatically with an escape DC of 20. And until the grapple ends, the target is restrained and the Tarrasque can't bite another target. Then claws, 19 to hit, 15 foot reach, one target, 48 plus 10 slashing damage. Horns, again, 19 to hit, 10 foot reach, one target, 40, 10 plus 10 piercing damage. Tail, 19 to hit, 20 foot reach, 46 plus 10 bludgeoning damage. If the target is a creature, DC 20 strength saving throw or knocked prone. And then finally for the attacks, Swallow makes a bite attack against a large or smaller creature it is grappling. If the attack hits, the target takes the bite's damage, the target is swallowed, and the grapple ends. While swallowed, the creature is blinded and restrained. It has total cover against attacks and other effects outside the Trask, and it takes 16 d6. That is 1 6, 16 d6 acid damage at the start of each of the Tarasque's turns. And if the Tarasque takes 60-6-0 damage or more on a single turn from a creature inside it, the Tarasque has to make a DC 20 con save or regurgitate all swallowed creatures which fall prone within 10 feet of it. If the Tarasque dies, the swallowed creature is no longer restrained and it can escape using 30 feet of move exiting prone. So before I actually get into the legendary actions that the Tarrasque has available, I do also want to go over just some of the details of those abilities that I just went over. Swallow is a horribly dangerous ability. However, the fact that it does require 60 damage to make it regurgitate on a single turn, not a round, one turn. So one individual inside the Tarrasque somehow has to be able to do 60 damage to actually make the Tarrasque regurgitate them. So considering the fact that they're doing 16 d6 acid damage every single turn, that is not a good place to be. So now onto the legendary actions. So as usual, uh, it has three legendary actions, which can be used at the end of other creatures' turns only, and then it regains uh, up. Yeah. So that three legendary actions refreshes at the start of the Tarrasque's turn. So uh, number one, attack. The Tarrasque makes one claw or tail attack. Move. The Tarrasque moves up to half its speed. Chomp. Two actions cost. Tarrasque makes a bite attack or uses its swallow. So there we go. That is the full stat block of the Tarrasque. Uh, now, in terms of how to actually do that in a fight. So I'm curious, Nathan, we talked earlier that I would ask you this question. What do you think about the power of the Tarrasque? I mean, in my opinion, I think it's pretty strong, all things considered, though. And again, I've not really played any epic level uh, campaign. So, yeah, that could be why I think it's more powerful than others. Or perhaps because other people might be more power gamey and hence will, you know, be able to make use of things differently. So all of that is correct. So in terms of whether the Tarrasque is too powerful as it is, that is something that really does boil down to just how powerful is your party, whether you have a larger than average party or whether you just have particularly good gear or builds or what have you. 
it's really, really hard to just have an epic level balance because it would also be different if you had, you know, a couple of melee users, a couple of magic users, or if your high level party balance does tend to one way or another. The fact that it does have that advantage against spells and saving throws, as well as that reflective carapace, really does limit a bit what magic can be used against it. So a lot of the common spells like Fireball and Eldritch Blast are flat out useless against it, whether that is for damage immunity or just the reflective carapace. However, one area in which the Tarasque does have rather significant at least in my personal biased opinion, flaws, it does have this very, very good multi-attack to make five attacks per turn, and then eight attacks if you include the legendary actions as part of that. However, just for some reason, the way that 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons has been balanced is the fact that no creature in the game, well, that's, sorry, not true, few creatures in the game have any kind of real multi-attack in terms of attack everyone around it. So the Tarasque is still very vulnerable to the action economy. So if the party were to just hire, you know, a bunch of hirelings, or if they were to recruit, you know, a rival adventurer group, or just other high-level allies that they've made in the game, the Tarasque is incredibly vulnerable to numbers. Because even though it does have up to eight attacks per round, which is quite significant, it does not have any kind of area of effect ability at all. It has no ability to do something like, you know, the dragon's fire breath or lightning breath and, you know, any of those breath weapons. It has no nothing. It can't even do like a belly flop or something to try to crush any creatures that are under it, which actually is a thing that some other gargantuan <laughs> monsters have. Okay, I've got a question. So yes. what, what, what does the belly flop call? <sighs> I, mean, I don't have that one on screen. Belly flop. But I'll find it. <laughs> Well, thankfully, it's a real. It should be relatively easy to find because I just have to do a reverse search of CR. So the closest one that I just was able to find immediately is just that uh, there is the Warforged Colossus that has a stomp ability, which again, because it's a huge thing, its stomp just targets an area of a twenty foot radius, which makes sense because if you have something enormous then you should be able to just focus your attack onto an area instead of just individuals. And that lack of any kind of AoE is, in you know, my opinion at least, quite the flaw that the Tarasque itself has. Also, one thing just for uh, Tarasque of days past, the Tarasque used to have regeneration in previous editions. But for some reason in 5th edition, they went away with that, which is a shame because... I love regenerating monsters. And if you have something as physically powerful as the Tarasque that also does have regeneration, then it makes sense of why this thing is able to just keep going and be that kind of juggernaut that is, you know, a city level threat. And without having that regeneration, then that does mean then that the Tarasque would get stopped every so often because it just would need to stop and you know rest and potentially stop and heal so that leads us to another kind of interesting thing about the tarasque the tarasque is a creature that the lore of it has it 
sleeping beneath the earth in a dormant state for decades or centuries. Then it awakens in an answer to some inscrutable cosmic call that has it rise from the depths to obliterate everything in its path. So it is a really, really cool thing. But this is another of the kind of unfortunate edition differences. There actually used to be in part of the lore about the Tarrasque that even though you can reduce it to zero hit points, that that does not kill it and would only force it back into hibernation so that you could not kill the Tarrasque and that there were legends that said that only... You know, when a Tarrasque was defeated, you must make a wish to permanently destroy the beast, and only then would it truly be destroyed. But as far as I've been able to find, 5th edition does not have any of that part of its lore left. It doesn't have its regeneration, it doesn't have that, you know, plot armor-type immortality. So it's a really powerful creature, but it's just a really powerful creature. So it doesn't have like the parts of it that used to make it that truly epic level threat. However, that is a lore issue, honestly. So that is something that a DM can and really, really should, again, in my opinion, should you do when using the Tarrasque. Because if you want the Tarrasque to be a thing that exists in your world, and if your world is one that has had adventures for any length of time. So unless you are playing where like magic and adventuring is a new thing in your world, then it would not make sense for the Tarrasque to still exist unless it did have something to keep it around. Because as is so often said around Dungeons and Dragons, if it has stats, we can kill it. And as powerful as the Tarrasque is, with 25 AC and a little under 700 health, it still has those numbers to it. So a sufficiently geared and prepared and, you know, magically capable party could wreck a Tarrasque as written relatively easily, honestly. And I find that to be sad because... Again, the Tarrasque has been described as D&D Godzilla. So what I think is that you should make it so. I am a huge fan of the design in general and the idea of the Tarrasque. But give it an AoE ability. Give it that lore version of immortality for if you want it to be around as a persistent threat to the world that, you know, people have to either unite or die against. Have it be a big deal in the world because a creature that is one of the only two CR30s in the Monster Manual should be that truly dire, epic threat to the world. And the Tarrasque absolutely has the potential to be that. And I highly suggest that you make it so. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tears tell us loads a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind the scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord where we will shout with the cast, and even a shout out on the show. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwake, and on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Podcast. And now send us an email, refsandrules at gmail.com. 
That's riffsandrules at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.